This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. friends of the scare of scuttlebutt podcast and thanks for joining us for yet another five questions show last time if you remember i had tim on of the fsf podcast and i almost blocked him he was uh asking too many questions about the last jedi but that is in the past i totally forgave tim and uh, everything is hunky dory now but those five questions are always a load of fun and i've got another one what are the best things as a podcast dude is meeting people out here in the internet and uh, that's why we created the red five network for more shows visit bio.link slash red five there's my shameless red five network plug but as i was saying from time to time i like bringing in new people uh, i meet new followers and new content creators for you guys to explore and get to know as well and tonight we do just that if you want news and tidbits from sources all across the geekosphere, you should check out Geek News Now. And with me tonight uh, to regale us with five questions is John Ambrose to tell us about GNN. How you doing today, Ambrose? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, Ro. Um, we, uh, we are a small outlet. We have uh, people all over the States and in Canada. I think we even have a guy in Australia and a guy in England. Oh, nice. Um, and you know, we just are fans that like to write for fans. We don't get political. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't, um, what's it called? We don't sensationalize anything. We just stick to the facts and we write things the way we want to read them as fans. Um, and that's, that's what we pride in. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We follow, we follow, uh, that's the scuttlebutt. So you might see us commenting on there every (laughs) once in a while. Uh, we are GNN underscore home at Twitter. And if I don't interfere with the Scuttlebutt podcast on Saturdays, you can catch me on the Geek News Gauntlet with my good friend William Morgan at 10 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. So awesome. Awesome sauce. That's uh, that's good. Yeah, we go uh, live seven o'clock central, eight uh, o'clock Eastern. Um, I know we've got a couple of uh, Red Five shows that go uh, before and after us, but uh, that is awesome stuff. Always willing to uh, check out some new content creators. And like you said, it's always fun to kind of meet new people and see what they are about. And you were kind enough to have me on, so I will extend on behalf of William, who hosts the show, an invitation to you anytime to come on to the Geek News Gauntlet and hang out with us. That would be fantastic. I love hanging out with other geeks. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Excellent. All right. So um, let's get down to the nitty gritty. But but first, um, I usually like to warm up the show by discussing something other than just get jumping into the five questions. So I wanted to ask you, um, I know you are a geek of many flavors, but I wanted to see what is your main, uh, I guess, what's your main dish? What is your main fandom? Uh, I would say... Since I've joined Geek News now, I've been kind of like the person to go to for DC Comics, I guess, because they're just not popular anymore. Okay, okay. Um, So I'm a huge comic book fan. Uh, I've fallen out of comic books in later years because um, the writing's just not there anymore. I actually just did did an article on the the shameful cancellation of Punisher. Um, So, I mean, I'd say my my, uh, bread and butter is probably comic books. 
uh, video games, especially older ones. Um, kind of like I, I kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. It's easier to say what I'm not uh, prolific in, which is anime and uh, anime, Star Trek and uh, Doctor Who are okay. some things that you will not uh, not for any specific reason. I think Star Trek is something that, you know, it's like a it's like a generational thing. And if your parents didn't watch it, odds are you're not going to watch it. Right. And, yeah. And um and so it's nothing against any of those things. I mean, I've watched some anime. I've watched Cowboy Bebop. I loved it. It's just, you know, when you don't have a lot of money, you got to pick and choose what you what your interests are, and some things are cut from the team. <laughs> and actually, I mean, there's so much out there. Um, you know, being a geek and watching all this stuff, uh, I guess, you know, several years ago was kind of a niche thing, but since, uh, I guess, since the studios ha- have discovered that uh, the... Um, I guess the disposable income of of the adult nerd has, uh, you know, since we became adults, uh, really has uh, increased. So they wanted to take advantage of that. And there's just so much out there, television shows and comic books and, and, and all the streaming stuff. It's uh, my buddy over at uh, Jedi Temple Archives always say it's such a great time to be a nerd. It is, but it's also detrimental because – they're spending so much time marketing towards us. They don't realize that we're old already. You got to get these kids while they're young. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. I had a, uh, I went to um, a con about a year ago at this point uh, in uh, Harford County, Maryland. It was called Galacticon. And uh, Ken Hunt, a long time, a long time uh, illustrator and artist for DC Comics, amongst other things. He was there, and I got to talking about him, and he said, you know, we really just got to start. Comics can stay alive if we start marketing to the young kids. We already got you guys. You guys are going to buy the comics. You guys are going to buy the merch, but we're not doing what we used to do, and that's market to the young kids, and they're losing them. And, uh, you know, I mean, they already have us hooked. I don't know why they spend so much time – marketing to us because it's like we're in our groove we're gonna buy it we've been doing this for years um but they're not garnering any interest in in um in kids under under 30 yeah so yeah that's interesting um you know i always see a nice group of you know youtube folks and podcasters and stuff like that. And obviously, uh, you know, you can tell the folks that have a little bit, uh, a little extra gray in their beard and, and stuff like that, but they always seem to have a wall full of collectibles. And I think, um, I was talking about this with some of my friends. It seems like the younger, um, fans, you know, really are not interested in in collecting really not interested in in you know amassing a, a collection of of i don't know star wars action figures or or star trek ships or or whatever comic books and you know for us it was something you know i, I still have all my boxes of comic books uh you know um cataloged and bagged and backed etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's but it seems like uh the younger fans like you mentioned the the folks over uh, under 30 um just don't seem to to be interested in that yeah i mean and you'll meet up one every once in a while and they're like i'm a comic book fan it's like oh okay like who do you think they should make a movie about next? And, uh, you know, they, they don't know a frat and, and, you know, it's not like I'm, uh, do we have to keep it PG? No, not at all. Okay. It's not like I'm trying to be a dick. 
you know, <laughs> but it's like these, these kids don't know a fraction of what I know. And, and, right. and, and I miss being able to, well, I'm sure you had the same way when we were younger, we lived it. We, it was, it was, uh, you know, read the comics, we read the events and, and we knew everything like, you, you know, and I'm not saying there's not other things to do, you know, maybe this kid is just a you know <laughs> benign hobby or something but yeah maybe he's out touching grass yeah maybe he's out <laughs> touching grass that's true i mean but you could balance i mean i played sports as well uh you can uh you can have a social life and still do this sure um i mean yeah, yeah so yeah it's it's interesting I, I always find it uh i always find the uh that discussion interesting to me because like i said you know um I started collecting Star Wars at a very early age and uh, 40 plus years as this franchise is, you know, you, you tend to, uh, to hoard a lot of stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. And my wife is not happy about my, uh, <laughs> either the 6,000 comic books I have or the, uh, the Star Wars merch I have, or you know, the the Wii U Amiibos, uh, <laughs> any of that stuff. She's just like it'll stay in the basement. You can make your little man cave. Just do not bring it up here. <laughs> oh man, oh man. I, I you know I, I definitely I got to do a show about uh, couples like that because uh, I actually started a a podcast with my wife. My wife does not like science fiction of any kind. Um, she's, you know, she saw star Wars when it came out, you know, years ago, but saw it, forgot about it. Uh, it, it doesn't live in her DNA as it does in mine. And, uh, she, you know, she likes movies about, uh, dysfunctional families and drama and stuff like that. When it comes to science fiction, she just does not get it. So we were able to, we were able to kind of craft out three episodes of my wife hates sci-fi, but, um, Therein lies the rub. She had to watch more sci-fi, which she doesn't like, to be able to get more content. So I, it was very nerve-wracking for me exposing her to all that stuff because I can tell that she was just very bored and uncomfortable, and I just couldn't put her through that. You should just retool it and make it a reaction video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's funny. I, I thought I'm like, well, maybe um, maybe we can retool it and just watch the trailers for said movies and then talk about that, but... I don't know. Too funny. All right. So let's um, let's get into five questions. I know I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago we had a uh, friend of mine, Tim, from the FSF podcast. But we always have some really great uh, questions and if you're not familiar, if you're catching us for the first time, we do this thing called Five Questions where we uh, draft up uh, some questions for each other. We don't tell the uh, the questions beforehand, so we're listening to these questions for the first time and uh, answering them um, off the cuff, as they say, uh, at the top of our minds. And uh, let's, uh, let's get down to business. Let's check this out. So... Since you are um, you are my guest, I'm going to uh, avail to you the first opportunity to ask your question number one. Okay, I'll do a preamble real quick and just tell you that I have two backups. So if something's not in your wheelhouse, um, I have backup questions for you. Okay. Same, same here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so question one. Um, 
as you are you a Nintendo fan? Um, like the I'm I'm not a big gamer, and I think the um the the game system that I have is uh, PlayStation, but I'm not. Uh, I remember Nintendo, Mario Brothers, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Would you rather a Nintendo question or a Star Wars question? Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. We'll go with Star <laughs> We'll go with Star Both my backups are Star Wars questions. I just didn't want to, you know, beat everybody over the head with Star Wars. And it's funny because I started writing my questions and I'm like, wait a minute. All of these are Star Wars questions. So I, I went back and I'm like, OK, let's mix it up a little bit here. But I, I also have a couple of backup questions. All right. So we'll start. Uh, easy. What's your favorite, excluding episodes four, five, and six? What's your favorite uh, uh, non-original movie? Non-original? Like, non- like excluding four, five, and six, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, um, I would have to say Rogue One. Um, I always say, you know, Empire is obviously everybody's favorite, of course. Um, but I think Rogue One would be a um, a very close, you know, top five, I guess. Um, it, uh, it really captures the sense of the original trilogy in many ways um, from, you know, I, I was reading a lot of the stuff that they did behind the scenes to re uh, re-record some of the lost audio from, from the original star Wars to kind of bring that back in. They even brought in some um, of the older actors to kind of re-record some, some voices um, f- you know, especially during the battle of Scarif. And um, obviously my, our, podcast is named after you know scarif so i would i would have to say rogue one excellent choice um my problem with rogue one was that it was very good visually the plot was really good the dialogue was really good but the problem was you didn't have a character to root for because everyone either died or was off screen for so long so, you know, you want to get to know these characters, and that's why retroactively I'm beginning to warm up to Rogue One more and more because Andor is actually giving one of the characters depth. Mm, okay. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm in the minority here, but I did like Solo because it kind of gave a backstory to Han. You know, they put you through the Kessel Run. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'd go with Solo on that. Rogue One would be a close second. That's interesting, too, because uh, a lot of people that I talked to about Solo, one of the reasons they didn't like it is because they gave Han a backstory. They didn't want to know that stuff. And I think uh, they weren't satisfied with the type of backstory that was selected, um, which I find interesting that you are the complete opposite. Well, the the one problem I had with it was like it's like finally – you know, nothing tied to the prequels or sequels except for Solo. We're just going to have a nice, like, Star Wars gangster-style movie. It's going to be – and then they had to cart out Darth Maul. And I was like, ah, oh, come <laughs> on, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. We uh, – I think last month we did – We, you know, obviously Solo was released uh, several years ago. But uh, my original co-host, Brad, and I, we never actually did a – a discussion on solo. So uh, I brought in some friends and we finally discussed solo uh, about a month ago. Um, it's um, I enjoyed it. I, I'm glad I watched it in the theaters and um, I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I think, um, you know, I, I mentioned in, in that show that my only weakest, weakest link really was the casting. I really didn't think that um, what's his name was a, was a good Han solo. Um 
But um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I really enjoyed the heist aspect of it. I did enjoy Darth Maul. And obviously, you know, for the um, for the normies that I went to the movies with, I had to kind of uh, sit there and explain it to them, you know, after the fact. So lots of fun. Lots of fun. And I'll say the prequels have both warmed up to me and not warmed up to me because I'm appreciating the plots a lot more watching them as an older fan. But visually, he went way too hard on the graphics for the time and visually does not stand up to the test of time. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think um, like parts of it look like a PlayStation 2 game. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, I, that's George for you, just trying to push the envelope when it comes to filmmaking. And obviously a lot of technology came out of that, which uh, movies, you know, from then forward kind of took advantage of. Um Obviously, the the electronic uh, filmmaking aspect of of the prequels was something that he really wanted to dabble in. Um, something that I admire uh, in George Lucas is the um, you know his his need to innovate, his need um, to uh, push the envelope. But I know that uh, the prequels are are a little iffy when it comes to uh, the, the basic look of them. And I, I, I can understand that. I mean, it took away some of the charm. You know, you watch these movies in the 80s, like Gremlins and Star Wars, and those puppeteers were were just artists. Sure. And um, yeah. I like the puppets better than the CGI stuff. That's just a personal preference. Though. No, I totally agree. And I actually, I posted a, a uh, question um, earlier in the week regarding that. Um, I said, you know, do you prefer the CGI Yoda or the puppet Yoda? And, uh, you know, we had a good mix, but I think for the most part, a lot of people really appreciated the puppet Yoda. It's, uh, you know, Star Wars is, is interesting because, you know, it's been out for so long. It just depends on... Um, the way Star Wars touches you, I guess it depends on where you are in life. Um, you know, a lot of people said CGI Yoda. Um, a lot more people said uh, Puppet Yoda. Um, but um, it's I, I'm always interested in hearing those uh, those takes from from a wide array of, of fans. It's really cool. All right. Uh, question number two. It is also for me, it is also a Star Wars ish question. Um, so here's a question for you. It seems like you have been a Star Wars fan for many years. I wanted to ask you, what has been the one thing that you've noticed that has had a major change, good or bad, in how Star Wars is perceived around the world? Um... I think the oversaturation of content. Okay. I think, um, and I kind of divided the writer's room with this because I think sometimes it's better to hold some things back. Um, so you, are you saying there's too much Star Wars out there? There's too much Star Wars out okay. there. It's not, it's not special anymore. Like movies coming out, it used to be an event. You know, you'd see dads with their kids, the dads dressed like Darth Vader, the kids are running around dressed like Ewoks and stuff. Um, and like, it's like a cosplay convention. And um, now it's just kind of like, huh, another Star Wars movie's coming out. I might check it out. Um, it's just not, it doesn't have the same impact on people that it did. And it's because you can put on Disney Plus right now and there's, 
what, like 10 Star Wars shows that have come out within the last three years. And uh, some of them are just not good. I think the quality has gone down. Um, I think a lot of fans are... I don't want to harp too much on the sequel trilogy because that's just like kicking a guy when he's down. But um, <laughs> um, I think what they did to Luke Skywalker really rubbed fans the wrong way. I think uh, just the disjointed approach to the sequel trilogy rubbed people the wrong way. There was no cohesive plan. And um, I don't know if it was one of your one of your tweets or someone's tweets, but I, or it might have even been on Facebook. But someone was talking about the the sequel trilogies and like bringing up George, how George Lucas retconned and made it so Luke were brother and sister and made it creepy. I was like, did you see the planning of the sequel trilogy? <laughs> like it was literally a vision board. You were one errant dart from having time travel and dinosaurs in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just, I don't, I think Disney as a company is just out of touch. They've been playing politics too much. They don't understand what people want to see. And they're kind of of the attitude where it's like, no, we're going to put out a Star Wars. You're going to like it and you're going to watch it. And it's like, that's uh, not how it works anymore, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I. I would definitely agree with you there. I um, I do feel like there is too much Star Wars, which dilutes the quality of the event, like you said. I think um, – well, you know, it's interesting because I'm always on the fence with this because, uh, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I, I, I want to see Star Wars. And, uh, you know, for those of us who lived through the dark times, the 90s, when there was absolutely nothing to uh, sink our teeth into when it comes to Star Wars, we had uh, – uh, you know, we, um, there was not a lot there, um, after, you know, Return of the Jedi, we, we had, uh, you know, we had some stuff, but for the most part, it was, um, it was kind of like a, a desert, uh, Tatooine, if you will. In the nineties, we were constantly being teased with the prequels until they happened. Right. And, and like every year the rumor would come out and we'd be like, they're never going to happen. Just yeah. give up. George is done. He's counting his Howard the Duck money. Like, <laughs> he, he's done. He's not going to. And then he and then he finally released him to his credit. And, you know, we did have the re-releases, but they were the special editions. I would like with the 50th anniversary coming up in a couple of years, I would like the original Prince to be re-released into theaters. I don't think they exist anymore. And I think George Lucas has said it. I think, um, you know, he worked on the special editions because he wanted he had an issue with uh, the way they looked and there was some stuff that he never finished and he wanted to, um, you know, credit to him. Obviously, it's uh, it's his party. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes there is that uh, aspect of George Lucas where, you know, somebody's got to be around to uh, tell him, hey, George, back off a little bit. Uh, I don't think you need to to uh, add a digital rock in front of R2-D2 on Tatooine when he's hiding from Obi-Wan. It looks fine, you know, just as is. Um, but, um, yeah, we, you know, what's, uh, I, I always talk about how, um, you know, physical media is king. I still have every incarnation of the original trilogy on every format. Uh, I treasure my laser discs and all my VHS widescreens, but, um, 
I foolishly sold my VHS tapes off. That sucks to be you. Yeah, I know. It was I, I <laughs> like I, I think about that every day. Um, and I'm and going to George Lucas before we get to the next question. I think um, that's a problem that happens with a lot of. I, I would. I'm not exaggerating when I say the guy is a genius. Um, and I think when you're that smart, you look at what you did and you're never satisfied. Yeah. And I, you're constantly tinkering and you're constantly adding this and adding that and adding this and adding that. And, uh, you know, it, it just comes with the territory. And you're right. You need you need like that person that stood behind Marcus Aurelius when he ra- ran Rome. You need that person to stand behind him and be like, it's just a movie, George. It's just a movie. It's just a movie, George. <laughs> you know? Like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two for me. All right. Question number two for you. Um, as we know, the MCU is not going anywhere anytime soon, and they <laughs> have barely scratched the surface as far as um, intellectual property goes. Question is, which Marvel property that hasn't had a show or TV series, the ha- short TV series, hasn't had a show or movie yet? Would you pick for a show or movie? So it can already have been made, I guess, by Disney. We'll cut it off with like Fantastic Four and stuff. But yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of all the books that I remember reading. I mean, I was going to say New Mutants, but they did do kind of a New Mutants movie. Not really part of the whole thing, but it's out there. You know, one of the things that um, that I regret uh, when they announced Venom and then, you know, obviously we got the we got the Venom character with the black suit. Um, I, I remember regretting the fact that they didn't go all out and really show us how uh, the black suit came to be. Um, and I'm talking about, uh, the, uh, the old series, uh, secret wars and how all the heroes disappeared for a while and, um, fought, uh, a villain and came back and Peter came back with this, uh, symbiote symbiote, however you pronounce it. And, um, you know, that kind of turned into, uh, the black suit. We had black suit Spider-Man for a while and, uh, you know, that, uh, obviously, turned into uh to venom um i always i always wanted to see secret wars done and i know they're kind of planning on that and that's off in the horizon somewhere but you know spider-man for me is my favorite uh superhero character um for whatever reason i connected with peter parker as as a kid i too was a um, high school photographer um, I tried to have a radioactive spider bite me in the hand to obtain the proportional powers of a spider. Um, and for those of you who um, who have listened to me talk about Spider-Man, I know that you know that I'm not kidding. I actually tried to have a spider bite me. But uh, it's um, it's one of the things that I wish that I was able to see in live action was the whole Secret Wars situation because I think that was uh, kind of a fascinating storyline back in the day. And I don't think they're going to do it justice. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Ever since Ike Perlmutter left, it's just been slowly eroding. And um, 
you know, I don't think half of the bombs we've gotten would have happened on Perlmutter's watch, but, you know, you never know. Um, I would have picked, so your answer is Spider-Man? Uh, well, my answer is, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Secret Wars and... and oh, the and Secret Wars. End. Yeah, that okay. aspect of it, yeah. All right, excellent. Um, this is going to sound offbeat, but I have a method to my madness. I would do Alpha Flight. Oh, yeah. I, I loved Alpha Flight. I remember I still have my Alpha Flight number one. Because that would be a great way to break into the X-Men universe because Wolverine first appeared in Alpha Flight. So I'd like to see the storyline where he helps North Star assemble the Alpha Flight and then you end it with them going, aren't you going to join us? And Wolverine just walking away and saying, nope, had a better offer. And then you can just shoot it into the X-Men. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, I, I mean, I think to me, that's a perfect way sure. to, to get the X-Men started. Yeah, know, that would be like the um, proverbial appetizer. Yeah, that sounds great. And I I, I, I have read somewhere that uh, they were toying with the idea of bringing Alpha Flight in because I know, um, you know. I remember the characters being, you know, pretty popular. Um, and like I said, I, I definitely remember Alpha Flight and buying the the comic books. Um, so that should be, you know, if it happens, that sh should be kind of cool, I guess. Them and Excalibur were popular in the 90s, and then it kind of fizzled. I don't know yeah. exactly what happened, but they uh, they just kind of they just kind of quiet quit. With that, and with am I mistaken? Uh, uh, did Alpha Flight have the first openly gay superhero? Not quite sure. It's I been a while since I read the books. Yeah. Um, I think maybe? obvious. I, I think you know. I think obviously that would be you know now you know the times we're living in. I think that would be a perfect opportunity to for them to kind of uh, I don't know not really introduce uh, the concept of a gay superhero. Cause I think uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, cause there was Batwoman, but how old is Batwoman? Yeah. Cause I think she's always been gay. Hmm. I'm mm. not sure. I'm not sure though. That's a good question. Yeah. I have to research yeah. that when I get off. Yeah. <laughs> Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. Okay, question number three. I'm going to skip around because uh, I'm wondering if I should use a backup for this one for my question number, what is it, three or two? Ah, you're on I, two. Okay. 
Um, all right. So I'm going to use one of my backup questions. And um, are you into, I know you said you're not into anime per se, but are you into like animated movies and things like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Animation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So uh, my question number two for you, um, animation is such a powerful medium for storytelling. It forces writers and directors to really hone in on the meat of the story without a lot of fat, per se, because obviously animation is expensive. They want to focus. Um, so they have to, in a way, stick to the landing. Um, off the cuff and unadulterated, as our series often is, what animated feature or short that you can think of from any studio is one of the greatest stories you remember? Um, to be honest, I was enthralled when I first saw it with great, The Great Mouse Detective. Okay. Um, and it was, you know, it wasn't that long. I think it's like 65 minutes long. But the plot was good. Vincent Price as the villain, amazing choice for Radigan. Uh, I could be wrong, and you can fact check me on this, but I believe it was one of the first films to fully incorporate CGI into a scene with the clock oh, tower. Okay. Uh, the clock tower chase was is should be studied by anima uh, animation students across the globe because that clock tower chase scene is just amazing it, it I, I don't think anybody can duplicate that and that's what used to make disney stand up stand above everybody else sure yeah um so i'd say i'd say great mouse detective oh that's cool excellent yeah i i think you know even now with animation you've got um you know star wars visions uh season two which uh i think we're going to talk about on uh next week um but um it really is uh, such an amazing way to tell a story. Um, oh, The Iron Giant Great is one. Movie. Great yeah. movie. Um, I remember watching that with a friend of mine and uh, realizing that at the end of that movie, we were just an uh, um, emotional mess. <laughs> it, uh, it was pretty emotional. Um, really great movie. Um, let me see here. Who directed that? Don Bluth? I Let's don't know see. if it was Bluth. I think it was Fox, okay. but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's got that Bluth animation style too. Hold on. Oh, Brad Bird. All right. But yeah, that was uh, that's a good one for me. And I think you know, um, for a little bit more of a modern take, um, Pixar's Coco was a really really good one for me. That was I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Um, I really liked Soul. Okay. So I don't know if you've seen that one. I know I, I haven't actually, not yet. Uh, Soul's pretty good. Um, I'd check it out. Uh, and I think honorable mention would go because it's not all the way animated, but something that I think it's criminal that it stays in the vault is the movie Song of the South. Oh, okay. I think if you're not going to release it to the public, it should at least be available for film students to study because the technical oh, nice. work behind that movie is is really good. Like the mix yeah. between animation and it's like one of the first films to incorporate live action and animation together, and it um it really it really just the work put into that it's it's worth studying as a film student if anybody uh can find a copy i think they only released it on laserdisc in like japan oh wow that's cool that's cool my honorable mention is the prince of egypt 1998 you know i've never seen that it's um 
It's really good. It's a DreamWorks animated release, um, 1998, directed by, I don't know. But uh, Val Kilmer is in it, or he provides the voice. Um, looking at the cast, there's a lot of uh, names that I didn't realize. Sandra Bullock, Patrick Stewart, Martin Short. Oh, wow. I have yeah. not seen this. Yeah. It's really great. You should uh, you should look for that one. But, um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, those are uh, those are great uh, great picks. Like I said, animation really is uh, such a such a wonderful format for storytelling. A, a wonderful medium for storytelling. I love it. Yeah, I I, uh, I definitely agree. All right. Question number three for me. What do you got? Okay. Um, throughout the history of cinema, we've had a lot of fictional animals. Uh, if you had a choice to keep one, which fictional animal? What you take? Um, and like be friends with it? Have it as a pet? Have uh, it for work? Let's see. You know, I I always I was always fond of uh, the story of uh, Charlotte's Web, and um, I was going to say not not because I like Spider Man. I was going to pick uh, a talking Char- spider, a talking spider, but. Um, the little pig. Um, I forgot the pig's name too in the story. Wilbur. Wilbur. Yeah, I think um, I think I would pick Wilbur, but actually, I would probably pick Curious George. Curious George is uh, he's a fun guy. Keeps he'll keep anybody on 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 their toes uh, with all the uh, shenanigans that he gets involved in. <laughs> Um, I would not want to be the, I, I guess I wouldn't want to pick him because, uh, of all the shenanigans he gets in there. I'd have to buy a yellow hat, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for McGilla gorilla cause he's been in that storefront for, <laughs> for, uh, Jesus. What's it like 50 years now? They've been At trying least, to sell yeah. that gorilla. Yep. Um, oh, man, I didn't even come up with an answer for myself for this one. I would probably... I'm trying to think. Um, God, there's so many now that I think of it. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard. I mean, you know, just watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I was going to say uh, Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But there's just, there's just so much. I think, um, you know, the – the um, was it the 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 uh, the Greeks and Aesop's fables and all that stuff where, you know, animals talked and – stories were told uh in ancient times i think really has uh permeated um obviously our nerd culture because there 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 is a lot of uh fictional talking animals bestowing wisdom upon the human characters which is kind of cool i think i'd go with gizmo from gremlins okay yeah you know cuz i i uh you know i could i could get used to sleeping during the day <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> bring him out at night Sure. Give him a nice healthy dinner before midnight. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Cool, cool. Okay, patrons, time to give a shout out to those wonderful people that help keep the living waters of Mandalore running around here at the Scarab Scuttlebutt Podcast. I extend to you a very heartfelt thank you to all my patrons. All right, how about some shout outs? Big thank you to Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up 
on his adventures in locksmithing. And big thanks to Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Some appreciation goes to the guys over at Rebel Rock Radio, DJ and Steve, rocking with another Red 5 pod. And go check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on uh, comics and cosmetics. Cool talk for nerdlings of all denominations. Go give her a sub. Who else we got? Hey, it's Frank from Miami. What's up, Frank? Longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you for that, kind sir. Oh, and a wonderful thank you to Belinda. Oh, my friend, I'm so glad you're on this list. And our resident classic Hollywood expert, a fan favorite collaborator, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. A huge respect to all our Patreon supporters. You remind me each week why it's fun to do this and to infuse the quality discussions you deserve. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. So question number three, but before we get to question number three, I want to take a break. Uh, Let's check out a message from Alley Cat Comics. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, Chicago friends? If you are in the Andersonville area and want to check out a really cool comic book shop, head on over to Alley Cat Comics, 5304 North Clark Street in Chicago. If you're into comics, gaming, and all the cool stuff, Alley Cat Comics is the place to be. Gotta love Celine and the rest of the gang over at Alley Cat Comics. Pick up your gaming supplies, set aside your comic books, grab the latest Star Wars and Marvel books, or give them a call at 773-907-3404. And tell them the scare of Scuttlebutt Podcast sent you. Oh, yeah. Alley Cat Comics in Chicago. It's where the cool cats hang. See what I did there? All right, we are on uh, question number three. Um... It's my turn to ask question number three. Uh, I was snooping around your website. Um, you guys uh, recently posted about Fan Expo Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, our uh, our um, our big boss and uh, one of the uh, one of the senior writers is uh, down are down there right now. Excellent, excellent. So we have Fan Expo Chicago coming in August, um, and I wanted to ask you if you can turn back the clock and recall your very first fan convention experience, what was one of the biggest things that surprised you, and what would you tell folks who have never been to a con? Um, I would say, honestly, I wasn't big into cons when I was younger, and my first experience was that um, convention I went to uh, about a year ago in Hartford County, Maryland, Galacticon. And um, I think, are you asking what I enjoyed most about it? Yeah, what's uh, one of the biggest things that surprised you and what would you tell folks that have never been? What what surprised me was the general camaraderie. You know, I, I you know, you had, you had um, kids cosplaying. Some of it wasn't very good, you know, but all, everybody was in good spirits. Everybody was getting along. And, and, you know, you know, like with, especially with cosplay, people can be vicious. Sure. But, uh, this was, um, it was kind of, 
you know, refreshing just to see everybody get along. We saw a lot of Lokis. Um, yeah, yeah. Different, uh, different variants. Yeah, different variants. Um, yeah, and and it was just nice. Sometimes I think I can't speak 100% on it because I've never been to a big con. I was supposed to go to Awesome Con in Washington, D.C., and I um, unfortunately blew my knee out. So I'm going to have to sit that one out. Um, uh, what was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. Uh, what would you tell folks who have never been to a con about a con, I guess? I would say go in. Go in with an open mind. Enjoy it. Um, you know, just take it all in. Um, don't buy the first thing you see. <laughs> right. Window shop. Uh, because you don't want to commit. You're going to see a million things you like. Talk to the people. Hear some people's stories. I got some great stories. I wrote a story about that, actually. And and I got some great stories from people. And just enjoy just what, what you're in. You're in a place where everybody can be themselves and everybody can have fun. And it's like your own little world for four or five hours. So just enjoy yourself and don't buy the first thing you see. Absolutely. I think, you know, also rule of thumb, I think, you know, a lot of the vendors, uh, especially during the last day, they don't want to pack up their crap and then, uh, you know, pack it up and take it back home. I think uh, a lot of uh, vendors are um, encouraged to, uh, to, to, to make some deals, some wheeling and dealing, uh, offer some um, what do you call it? Some discounts. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Waiting, uh, waiting until, you know, you don't have to wait till the last day, but, uh, at least don't buy the first thing you, you see, because, uh, there's a lot out there. Um, one of the things that, uh, surprised me and, um, back when, um, back when we started the Scare podcast in 2019, we, uh, we were on the heels of Star Wars Celebration here in Chicago. It was a huge event, obviously, as every celebration is. And uh, one of the, th and, and people were still um, talking about The Last Jedi. Uh, people were still up in arms about The Last Jedi. And uh, I remember thinking that uh, if I go to Star Wars Celebration, I'm going to see everyone who didn't like The Last Jedi, and I'm going to experience people that did like The Last Jedi, and it's going to be a giant West Side story. Everybody's going to take out their switch knife, <laughs> and uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, fights. Um, but uh, like you said, you know, even during the height of The Last Jedi controversy, um, it, it wasn't that way. I think the camaraderie and uh, the fellowship among nerds is is uh, you can definitely feel it and see it at a uh, convention, especially a convention that is you know obviously concentrated on one you know thing like a Star Wars uh, celebration. But Chicago is also home to C two E two, which is the comic book and entertainment expo. Um, you know, again, here in Chicago, it's not only Star Wars, but it's, it's everything. It's comic books, it's Star Trek, it's Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Halo, video games, uh, anime, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And, um, it's just, uh, it's just really amazing to see, um, you know, how fans are polite to each other. Um, you know, asking for pictures from cosplayers, uh, you know, teaming up and, and really experiencing, 
the the experience of a convention where you know just a, a boatload of people head to one place for one specific purpose is to enjoy each other's geekdoms. I think, uh, like you said, if if you have never been to a convention, I think uh, it is highly advisable, especially if you are a nerd. To try to seek one out, find one, and uh, and then just head out there because it is definitely a very different experience in real life than uh, the fandom is on social media. Um, you know, going to a convention kind of energizes you where, you know, social media sometimes does the opposite. Yeah. And I'm at a point right now with the sequel trilogy. I mean, I, I didn't like it, but I'm at a point right now where everybody complaining about it. It's like, it happened. Get over it. Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm tired, like if, if you don't want to watch them, don't watch them. Just stop. Sure. It's been five years. Yeah. We, we don't need to go through this again. Uh, Absolutely. Cool beans, cool beans. All right. Uh, what do you got for me? Question four. Okay. Through... Any comic book character ever written, who do you think has the worst superpower? You know, I I remember collecting the Marvel Tops cards and um I would get uh, a card a couple of card packs and I would open them up and obviously I'm searching for the ones that are missing in my collection. And my buddy and I would for some reason would always get Wonder Man. I, and was this I, the series 3? I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I can't remember what series it was. It was, it was, you know, it was back in the day. I would freaking open a damn pack and I'm like, why? There's three Wonder Mans in here. I don't know. What the hell? I always got Wonder Man and I always got Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jubilee is fine, but like who needs, you know, three Wonder Mans in one pack? It was just like, <laughs> come on already. So we just made, we made, we always made fun of Wonder Man and, and, and felt sorry for our, ourselves for, for getting so many Wonder Mans. I, I probably have a stack somewhere in the closet of just Wonder Man tops cards. Um, but, um, you know, it didn't make me want to research on what kind of powers he has. I, I, I think I don't remember, or maybe I blocked it out. But uh, I would, I would say Wonder Man just for that reason. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, you made it personal. Take that, Wonder Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, I'd actually probably go. I, I have a tie. I'd go with either. They're both X Men because the X Men, for whatever reason, became a dumping ground for crappy superheroes at some point in time. Um, skin and Jubilee skin. Yeah. He was the guy who had the amazing power to stretch his skin. Oh God. They didn't even give him a cool name. He just <laughs> ma named him the thing that he does. Um, and Jubilee just, you know, made her hand sparkle. I still don't know what she did. <laughs> and, and I think I have a personal gripe against Jubilee because as someone who grew up in the 90s, they kept trying to force – they were trying to force Jubilee on us then like they're trying to force Miss Marvel on us now. And it's like, no, we don't want this crappy character. Get her away from me. <laughs> like get her out of my comics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I remember um, I'm looking at a picture of Jubilee. Yeah, sparkly hands. It's like I still don't even I like like Wonder Man. I still don't even know what she did. She was always just there <laughs> and she was always just complaining. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. She's almost like, let's see, no, yeah, there she is. That's funny. 
I think the worst, uh, uh, somebody had asked me, like, w- w- if you would have a superpower, but it would be a crappy superpower, what it would be, what would it be? I never thought jazz hands would be up there, but um, I, I was uh, telling my buddy, I think, you know, if I can look into the future as my superpower, but it would only be three seconds ahead. It's like, oh, wait, oh, never mind. <laughs> Watch out for that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought you could look into the future. I can, but only three seconds ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that would be, that would be torture. That would be torture. Like you see the punch coming and you go to duck, but you're already punched. <laughs> like so, you're double hurt because you knew it was coming. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Too funny. Too funny. Okay, friends, I wanted to take an opportunity to tell you about one of our newest sponsor partnerships. So you just heard us talking about attending fan conventions. So whether you plan on a huge event like Star Wars Celebration or a small get-together, one of the things that is always advisable is to be prepared and stay hydrated. That's right, my friends. I want to talk to you about Liquid IV. It's festival season, and planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential. Liquid IV has you covered while you prep before a convention or power through to that headliner and recover after that long weekend. Listen, staying healthy should be on everyone's top of mind and Liquid IV could be part of your daily routine. Liquid IV's got some awesome flavors like strawberry lemonade, Concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, tropical punch, watermelon, strawberry, and the list goes on. Just grab one of their conveniently packaged sticks and mix it in with your bottled water and mmm, enjoy the hydration. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, and 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting, with essential vitamins to keep you going strong and always made from premium ingredients. So give it a try. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our promo code SCUTTLEBUTTAWARDS at checkout. That's right, 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using our promo code SCUTTLEBUTTAWARDS at liquidiv.com. Stay hydrated, my friends. And that's the scuttlebutt. My question number four. Uh, This one's going to make you think, I hope. Um, What is the greatest legacy of the science fiction and fantasy genre? And what's the biggest mark left? Yes. Okay. Um, like if, uh, you know, the zombie apocalypse uh, came and aliens found the planet and they realized that uh, we um, engaged in science fiction and fantasy. And uh, the legacy for that was what? I, you know, automatically – Automatically, my brain just said Star Wars, but I, I do. There's so much more, and um, I would even, say, like, even, I'm the, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say the science fiction genre, um, because it's so vast. Right. I would say the greatest legacy would go to the founders of the comic book companies, because they're the ones that made it all possible. They're the ones that put it down on paper and said, "We're creating these." wonderfully 
fantastical characters and we're going to incorporate it into the zeitgeist and we're yeah. going to and you know that that started a lot of things and it's hard you like automatically your your nerd brain wants to say star wars but would star wars exist without comic books right yeah that's a good point so nice. i would say the jack kirby's and the um the stanley's and, you know, I'd even go so far as to say Walt Disney because he was constantly pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say those visionaries from that era uh, yeah. would would be the lasting legacy on science fiction. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, yeah, without one, you wouldn't have the other. I think, you know, for, for me, one of the greatest legacies, and, and like I said, that's a great answer. I think – you know, science fiction and fantasy allows us to think outside the box. Um, it's uh, by its very nature, it allows us to be able to problem solve and and think about um, solutions where maybe, uh, you know, people that don't uh, I, I don't want to say people that don't enjoy science fiction don't have the um, ability to but perhaps they are not as fluid as folks that do enjoy science fiction obviously the genre of science fiction and fantasy give gives you stories that are out of this world stories that are always constantly asking a what if um, and the ability to um, to experience these stories in a way that is uh, encompassed in in that genre, I feel is uh, for me, anyways, is is one of the greatest legacies that uh, that genre can offer. Not only you know fans of the genre, but really of uh, of all mankind, because we are um, obviously by nature we are kind of a um, a, a race of beings that uh, that thrive on stories and experiences, and I think uh, the 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 more colorful stories, the more your mind expands. Um, so I, I would have to go with uh, with that uh, the the ability to make you think outside the box, um, especially with science fiction and fantasy. Uh, you know, somebody has to think about it before it actually happens. I mean, take a look at. Uh, a lot of uh, technological advancements that have been made um, based on science fiction. Um, yeah. At this point, know. Terminator was a warning. Sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's one of the reasons I love science fiction so much. Um, can't help my wife, uh, even after a couple of uh, podcasts watching sci-fi, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right, we are at question number. Five, I think. No? Yes, for me, five. Yeah, five. Excellent. And it's funny that your question was about science fiction. Great minds think alike, I suppose, because my question is, based on your opinion, what is the most overrated science fiction movie? Oh, I have many um, overrated science fiction movie. You know, the... Right off the bat, I think, um, and it's not really a movie. If if people know me, they know uh, a few things about me. I, for some reason, I can't mix my genres. So shows like The Orville, I can't stand because they're comedy and science fiction. I just, I, I can't deal with it. 
Um, yeah, but it had my boy Norm McDonald, so I give it a pass. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to say, and this might be sacrilege to a lot of people, but I think uh, the movie Spaceballs is uh, is is for me, anyways. It's it's very overrated. I saw it uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, probably maybe just laughed once. Um, it 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 was what it was, but um, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. But I would say Spaceballs, and I know it's it's more of a comedy, really. But um, I've got uh, I've got an axe to grind with comedy, I guess. All right, I'm I'm channeling my overdramatic Italian mother right now. <laughs> why why don't you just reach through this computer and rip the heart out of my chest <laughs> to say such a terrible thing? <laughs> Exactly. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> your opinion's your opinion, man. I got a lot of opinions that are unpopular too, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> All right. For me, it would probably be just because I think he's overrated as a whole as a director. Um, I think it would be The Abyss. Oh, okay. James Cameron. Yeah, it, the pacing was slow. It was boring. I still really, I've watched the movie like six times, and I'd never figure out what it's about. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's about an abyss, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's tough competition for Ambien. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I would say the abyss. I don't think. I think James Cameron got lucky. With two great movies, he made Aliens and he sure. made of three technically. He made Aliens and he made the Terminator, the real Terminator series, not when they made Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> a housewife. Um, so he made yeah. the the two the two Terminator movies and Aliens, and then for some reason people like Titanic. I I don't think it was a very good movie, and uh, I, I don't this uh, notion that he's one of the best directors ever. I mean, he's not bad director, but I, I don't think, you know, it's funny. I, I, his, his attitude, I think goes a long way in um, bringing his popularity down. I think lately his attitude has been kind of uh, you know, kind of a crappy person to begin with. Um, I think he was, um, there was a, a video where he uh, flipped off some fans because they wanted some autographs, but he just walked past them and just kind of told them to fuck off. Yeah, it's like dial it back, um, Chevy Chase. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it, I get it. Um, for me, James Cameron is kind of a, a, a cool visionary. Uh, he's got uh, whether he got lucky or not. I know he was inspired very much by uh, by George Lucas, um, having you know seen Star Wars and said, "I want to, I want to stop driving a truck and be a, a movie director." So I could be wrong. Did he? Didn't he? He worked for Lucas or Spielberg, didn't he? Yeah, at some he, point. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was doing special effects or something. Yeah, uh, behind the scenes. I know um, he's tied to one of the two. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. That's cool. That's cool. All right. We got our takes. We got our hot takes. All right. Question. Question number five. Um, for you, the last question of the show. We've got. Uh, Here's a good one. Here's a good one. I'm going to, I'm basically using, uh, um, I basically used up my backups because I think that my backups were pretty good. Um, we recently uh, did. 
These have been great questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, We recently uh, did a series of show here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast uh, about science fiction television from the 70s and 80s. We talked about Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica, and we did a, a show on the black hole. Um, what a sweet spot for nerd television. Uh, my question to you is what show from that era would you revive as a new and modern movie and why? This is strictly for science fiction. Um, I mean, if you got something else, I'm, I'm open to it. Nah, we could stick with the science fiction. I would, um, man. That's a really good question. Give me a give me a second to think about that. Um, what would I revive? I would probably revive. Well, Blade Runner did twenty forty nine, but it wasn't the same to me. Um, so let's move on from that. Man, you really stumped me on this one. Uh, there's a movie and it's in my head and it was very underappreciated. Oh, okay. And it didn't do well at the box office, but it was a really, really good science fiction movie. And I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Um, a- any, any actors I would might recognize? No, I, I can't jog even your th- memory. I can't even think of the actors. Uh, mm. And that, and 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 obviously that era. I mean, they did take a lot from that era. I mean, you've got uh, Planet of the Apes that was remade, um, and that know. was remade. That when they remade it the second time, that was remade really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have, um, you know, obviously Battlestar Galactica was re- redone. Um, you know, while you're thinking. I'm going to give you my answer because um, we also did we also did a show on uh, Space 1999, and I would love to see a reboot uh, of Space 1999. Actually, I have my answer. Excellent. Okay, I would try once again to revive the Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. Um, those are shows that have done more than withstand the test of time. They were intelligent. Uh, they always had an important underlying message. And um, I'm serious when I say they just don't write television like that anymore. Oh, absolutely not. People yeah. are too scared to write television like that anymore. And I would revive the Twilight Zone. I would say outside of the parameters of language that the sen- the, the networks will censor, do whatever you want and be creative. Yeah. And uh, because that, yeah, that's a that's a show that's just, it's a show that won't die. It will always, always be there. Absolutely. And, uh, Did you watch the new one, the new series? Yeah, I wasn't digging Jordan Peele as a host. Right. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't really interest me. But you know, that's a good answer. Uh, Twilight Twilight Zone is, uh, like you said, it's uh, very smartly written, deep. It had some really deep topics. Um, but again, you know, that goes back to my uh, my comment on the legacy of science fiction and fantasy. I think uh, it's uh, it's something, you know, science fiction makes you think. It's not all about, uh, you know, laser swords and spaceships. I think, uh, you know, um, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, television shows from the 60s. You you go back to Star Trek and, and how Gene Roddenberry really wanted to kind of infuse social 
um, issues and topics in, in that show. And it was done very well. And I think uh, Twilight Zone definitely is one of those shows. You know, there's a lot of creative writers back then that really wanted to kind of uh, dip their toes in in telling some very interesting stories. Um, and uh, through the uh, through the advent of, of science fiction and, and fantasy storytelling, you know, in that era, I think, uh, I think they succeeded very well. And like you said, it does, uh, you know, stands the the test of time. I think if you watch any of the twilight zones, uh, from the sixties back in the day, the seventies there, um, you know, you can, you know, you can dismiss the black and white and some of the stuff that was done, but I think the, the writing, the concepts and the overall message of uh, of these stories uh, are still true today. All right, what was your answer? Um, oh, Space nineteen ninety nine. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, um, Moon Moon Base Alpha. I think um, I I remember watching Space nineteen ninety nine as a kid and just really falling in love with uh, with uh, just watching science fiction on on, on television. You know, after after experiencing star Wars in the movie theater as a kid, I, I just wanted more sci-fi uh, space 1999, you know, came out during a time when, when, um, you know, the imaginations were, were, were high. And uh, I don't think the physics will work out. Uh, the, 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 the moon kind of blasting out of earth's orbit might uh, lay waste to earth, <laughs> but um, still kind of a, fun little premise which is which is always great and it's funny i did a rewatch of space 1999 last year there are a shitload of of star wars actors that are in uh space 90 space 1999 it's uh it's kind of uh funny to see you had peter cushing you had uh count dooku um he's and, in uh, everything i know back then he was in everything <laughs> absolutely but um yeah it's a it's a good series uh you know sometimes it'll campy but if you can get past that i think uh space 1999 is uh is a fun show excellent wow this uh this has been fantastic um ambrose thank you so much for joining me here on five questions on the scare of scuttlebutt podcast been my pleasure man been my pleasure thanks for having me on excellent excellent uh why don't you uh remind folks where people can find you to say hello there okay well hello there uh general kenobi um uh, you can find us. Our website is www.geeknewsnow.net. Uh, that's where you'll find my writing along with the writing of our very talented and hardworking staff. Um, and we write about everything. There's, there's going to be something you'll like to read, I guarantee it. Uh, so check it out there. Uh, our YouTube channel, very simple, youtube.com backslash geeknewsnow. Um, we are retooling the YouTube channel, though, so um, just uh, stay on your toes with that one because we have a lot of clutter on the channel currently, and uh, we're trying to clean it up, and I think we're just going to rebuild it. And you can catch me. Um, I run the Twitter account with um, my social media director, Miss Debbie Barton. Uh, you can catch us again, Twitter, at uh, GNN underscore home. And last but not least, uh, my good friends, William Morgan, Kat Holler, and Shah Muhammad, Diamond Taylor, and Janae Elix. 
We get together and we do the week's news on the Geek News Gauntlet every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So check us out. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, when check. you're done with the Scarif podcast, of course. Oh, of course, of course. And you guys are uh, anybody who is interested in coming back on the show uh, to talk about some geek stuff or join us uh, live on our show. Uh, you guys are uh, more than welcome to come on by and hang out with some geeks. Uh, we have a lot of fun as well. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Um, if you are uh, new to the channel and you just uh, stumbled on this program, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, part of the Red 5 Network. We are proud founding members. If you want to hear more of other shows, visit bio.link slash red5. But uh, we love to hear your comments and your takes. If you wanted to answer some of the questions that we asked tonight, uh, give us a call over at the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline at 773-234-8659. Leave us a message and uh, we'll see what you guys are talking about. Excellent. Until next time, this is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Okay, friends, a big thanks to you for lending me your ear. I'll give it back, I'm sure. Don't forget to check out our sponsor on this episode, Liquid IV. Use the promo code SCUTTLEBUTT AWARDS for 20% off your entire purchase. And if you enjoyed the background music and you are also a podcaster, you can find these tracks and more at pixabay.com. We've got some awesome nerd topics coming up in the next few weeks. Please follow, subscribe, and tell a friend. The more, the merrier. Until next time, that's the Scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Network.